ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you that some of you already know that it's hard. It's not easy. How's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Dylan Trevino, and you're tuning in to the second episode of the Hoop View Podcast. Before I get started talking about the topics that I'm going to be covering today, I just want to give a huge thank you to everybody that listened to my first episode. I had so many people reaching out to me and giving me feedback and letting me know how much they enjoyed the first episode. And having so many people give me their point of views as listeners really allows me to get better and better as I continue to put out episodes. When I released my first episode, my goal was to try and get 20 listeners but I ended up surpassing that by getting in the range of around 80 to 90 listeners. That was a shock to me because I wasn't expecting that many people to tune into my first episode, but I couldn't be more grateful for the people that are taking the time out of their days to listen to me talk about the game I love. So let's get into some of the topics that I'm gonna be going over today. I'm going to be talking about the 2020 free agent class. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's players who have opportunities to sign with other teams before the next season starts. So that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about. And I feel like the big thing that people are coming to listen to today, you know, I've released some sneak peeks of what I'm going to be talking about in some of my shows. And it is my GOAT debate. Who is my GOAT? And, you know, there's really three big players that people really can say who the GOAT is. And I feel like everyone kind of has those same three people. So I'm going to be giving those top three people and listing them on how I believe they are ranked as uh, the greatest of all time. Okay, so without wasting any more of your time, let's get into the first topic. The first topic again, 2020 free agents. Uh, There's some big names going here. I'm going to be letting you know who's staying, who's leaving. I'm going to be talking about some of the positives these uh, players can bring to the teams that they could possibly join. I'm going to be listing some of the teams that I think would seek fit for some of these players. So with the first player I'm going to go over, it is probably the biggest one that everyone's looking forward to see where he's going to go, and that is Anthony Davis. He was a big part of the Lakers offense and defense, and I'm sad that he didn't get to finish out the rest of the season. I think him and LeBron would have done great things together in the playoffs and possibly the NBA Finals, but that's another topic for another day. Staying or leaving, I really do think it's on the fence. It's kind of 50-50. He could leave, he could go. One of the reasons that I think he might stay uh, is definitely because he didn't get the chance to play in the playoffs with LeBron James next to him. I really do think they could have made a playoff run. So I feel like Anthony Davis might want to come back for another year, a couple years, to try and do that again with LeBron James. Some of the reasons that I think he might leave is definitely chasing the bag. If you don't know what that means, it just means going after the money, you know, which team he's going to fit in the best with, but would also give him the biggest contract. I definitely think that he wants to land in a place where he can be a title contender. He's still young, but he has been in the league for a few years, so I think in his mind, he's ready to make a championship run. He's definitely a number one scoring option for any team that he can land at. He was an MVP candidate this past season. Definitely an elite scorer and an elite defender. Some of the possible teams that I think he can land at is definitely the Lakers if he goes back. Some people are probably going to not understand these next two teams because they're definitely not the best teams in the league. They're probably some of the worst. But I do believe there are some key reasons why he might join these organizations. And first one is the Bulls. I do say that because Chicago has a big market. Not one of the good teams in the league, but they do have a huge basketball presence and following in their city. They are one of the big markets that can afford players like Anthony Davis, and I think they will welcome him with open arms. Other reasons that I think he might join the Bulls, I mean, he does have some big name players on the team, such as Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen. Two players with a lot of potential to do something great in that city, along with Anthony Davis. And the last team that I think that he could possibly join, please don't get mad at me for saying this, but the New York Knicks. Yes, I said it, the New York Knicks. They definitely are one of the worst teams in the league right now. I do believe that Sometime they will have some success in that city, but it just hasn't happened yet. But I feel like with the young strong core that they have in RJ Barrett, Alonzo Trier, Kevin Knox, and Mitchell Robinson, they can definitely make something work by adding Anthony Davis to the squad. 
like the Bulls, the Knicks are a big market. They're one of the more luxurious places. Yes, they're not the best team, but they do have the money to pull players like Anthony Davis. With them currently not having a big star, they should have the cap space to sign him. So I do feel like that could be a possibility that Anthony Davis could land, but we'll just have to wait and see. The next free agent I want to go over is Andre Drummond. Staying or leaving, I do think this guy is going to lean towards leaving. He just got traded from the Detroit Pistons to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I definitely don't think that he wants to stay in that organization. But this man is a beast. Uh, he's a guaranteed double-double. He's going to get you at least 10 points and at least 10 rebounds every single game. He's led the league in rebounding in the past four years. And he's averaging around 15.7 rebounds per game. So I definitely do think that he's going to be an asset to whatever team picks him up. He has been in the league for a few years, so I definitely do think that he is looking for a title contending team, which is why I picked some of these teams to possibly be in his near future. Some of the teams that I picked for him are the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets definitely need a rebounding big, uh, having just traded Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks. They currently don't have any bigs right now, at least not any good ones, and I do think Andre Drummond would help them a lot, being such a rebounding beast. With the Houston Rockets, they have James Harden and Russell Westbrook jacking up shots like crazy, so I do believe with those players missing shots that Andre Drummond will be able to rebound and put it back into the hoop with ease. Another team I could possibly see him joining this upcoming season is the Boston Celtics. They definitely do have the players uh, to make a championship run, especially adding Andre Drummond. Uh, they have Campbell Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know, players like that. Definitely some more depth on the bench. But I feel like with Andre Drummond, it really could complete that team and make them a championship contender. Another dream team for Andre Drummond would be the Golden State Warriors. Right now, I feel like they are lacking in big men. So I feel like adding Andre Drummond to a healthy Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson would definitely help their chances to become a threat in the league once again. So I do think if the Warriors want to make another championship run and get back to where they were, signing Andre Drummond would be a big deal for them. Next player I want to talk about is a young star emerging right now, and that is Brandon Ingram. Staying or leaving, um, I really do think he's leaning towards staying because he has a stricter player options, which means it's going to be very hard for him to go and test free agency. But I don't think he wants to leave anyway. He's averaging 25 points per game right now. He's a lengthy rebounder and a very good defender. I believe that he wants to and I believe that he will stay just to grow that chemistry in the young core that the Pelicans are building in the organization. Uh, the young core I'm talking about is, of course, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Jackson Hayes, and Josh Hart. Um, I definitely do see those five players being their starting five in the near future because all those players have really good potential. Some of the possible future teams that I have for Brandon Ingram, um, one of them definitely being the Pelicans is I do think that he will stay. But if he does end up leaving, one team that I think could really use a player like Brandon Ingram um, is the Toronto Raptors. They really do need a stronger small forward. And with Brandon Ingram averaging 25 points per game last season, I do think that he will be able to fill that spot perfectly for them. Him teaming up with Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry will definitely be a hard team to stop in the playoffs. The last team that I think could use Brandon Ingram is the Memphis Grizzlies. Having a star in John Morant has allowed the Grizzlies to possibly take an A spot in the NBA playoffs if they ever do resume. So I think that next season adding Brandon Ingram with John Morant and some good bigs that the Grizzlies do have could definitely put them in a higher seating and possibly make them a championship contender. Moving on to the next player and possibly the most underrated player in this free agency class is Fred Van Vliet. Staying or leaving, I definitely think that this man is going to leave. He's a very consistent shooter and is at the elite level when it comes to playmaking. And I definitely do think that he's looking to take over a team this season. Last season, he averaged 18 points a game and 7 assists a game. So I definitely do think that he can be a number 1 or number 2 option for a team that's looking for a stronger point guard. I really do think that it's in his best interest to look for a championship contending team that is weak at the guard position. Because he can either run point guard or shooting guard. Some possible future teams that I have for Van Vliet are the Memphis Grizzlies. Seeing Van Vliet pair up with Morant would definitely make them one of the strongest front courts in the league. We've seen the scoring ability from John Morant and I think pairing that with the playmaking ability from Van Vliet would definitely make the Grizzlies offense harder to defend. Another team that I could possibly see him going to are the Indiana Pacers. The main reason I see him fitting in in a place like Indiana 
is because they are very weak at the guard position. From positions 2 to 5, they are very strong, having Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, DeMontis Sabonis, and Miles Turner. So I feel like adding Fred Van Vliet to the point guard position with them would definitely be a positive for the Grizzlies. Last team that I would like to see Fred Van Vliet land at um, is the Dallas Mavericks. Besides having Luka Doncic, the Dallas Mavericks are very weak at the guard position. So I feel like adding the playmaking of Fred Van Vliet and Luka Doncic together will definitely help the Mavericks make a big run in the playoffs. And the last player I'm going to talk about today is DeMar DeRozan. Do I think he's staying or leaving? I do think that it could go either way. I would say he's very loyal to his team, so I could see that being a factor when it comes to him staying or leaving. I do believe he can help any team though. He's an elite scorer, he's deadly from the mid-range, and he is a very good defender. Some of the possible future teams that I have for him are definitely going to be the Spurs if he chooses to stay, but I do have some teams that I could see him going to if he does end up leaving the Spurs. One of them being the Mavericks. Having an elite scorer in Luka Doncic and bringing another scoring guard but that can also defend would definitely help the Mavericks organization as a whole. Another team that I could possibly see him joining, along with another young star point guard, is Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. I do feel like they are lacking in the shooting guard position. They do have Trey Young, an elite scoring point guard, and some very skilled bigs in John Collins and Clint Capella. So I think adding that skill and experience in the shooting guard or small forward position would definitely help them improve their record enough to make the playoffs next season. And the last team that I could see DeMar DeRozan joining is his original team, the Toronto Raptors. I definitely can see him going back, creating a defensive duo with him and Pascal Siakam. Um, having those two on the defensive end would definitely be hard to score against them in the shooting guard and small forward, or small forward and power forward positions. So I think adding that defensive threat with also an offensive threat between him and Kyle Lowry would definitely help them make their way back to the NBA Finals. So those are some of the guys that I really wanted to analyze going into this free agency class. Um, but there are definitely some other star players that I think you should watch out for. Some of those players are Montrez Harrell, who could possibly have his own team. He played very well this season, averaging around 20 points behind Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the Los Angeles Clippers. So I do think that if he ends up leaving Los Angeles, that uh, anyone picking him up would definitely be getting a reliable big man. One of the players that I do hope lands somewhere this offseason is Gordon Hayward. He did suffer a bad injury a couple years ago, so I do think that will hurt him going into free agency. A lot of teams won't want to pick him up because he hasn't been the same since he got hurt. But again, we'll just have to wait and see. Another player is Jay Crowder. This man is uh, one of the best role players that I've ever seen. He can rebound, he can shoot, he can play defense. But I do think that any team that he goes to, he'll definitely be a great asset. And one of the players that I believe are sleepers in this free agency... Um, is going to be Joe Harris. This man is a sharpshooter. He competed in the three-point contest not too long ago, and I do believe that having a shooter like Joe Harris on the team would definitely be able to upgrade the team's offensive game. So that's all I got for the 2020 free agency class. You know, you want to see everyone succeed, and I really do think that all these players have the capability of playing big roles on the teams that they land at. Now that we talked about players that are looking for new places to become bigger stars, let's talk about the three players that have definitely earned their spot in the greatest of all time discussion. Now I know a lot of people's greatest of all time could revolve around a player that they personally like more. Um, in my opinion, the GOAT will definitely be decided by stats on how they performed in the playoffs and in the finals. I'm pretty sure everyone can probably guess who these top three players are. And these players are Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and the late Kobe Bryant. So today I'm going to be ranking them from 1 to 3 in the greatest of all time order, with number 1 being the greatest of all time. So let's get this started with the player coming in at number 3, and that is Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace to him. He was definitely a big impact on the NBA uh, as a whole. Uh, he did so much for the NBA and for the game of basketball in general. I think anyone who enjoyed NBA basketball at any time definitely felt some pain when we all found out that Kobe Bryant had passed away and it took a toll on basketball as a whole. So again, rest in peace to him. But for right now, let's get into the reasons why I have him coming in at number three. To start it off, his playoff record was 5 of 15. This means that for the 15 times that he made it to the NBA playoffs, he won 5 NBA championships. Um, in the finals itself, he won 5 out of 7. Some of the stats for the playoffs were 25.6 points per game, 
4.7 assists and 5.1 rebounds. Those are amazing numbers for anyone that's playing in the playoffs period, but I just don't think that it's enough to pass LeBron or Michael Jordan. Some of his career stats are 25 points per game, 4.7 assists and 5.2 rebounds. Again, amazing stats, but definitely not anywhere near LeBron or Michael Jordan. One of the biggest things that I think hurt Kobe in his career was definitely losing to Detroit in the NBA Finals in 2004. Yes, the Detroit Pistons had players like Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace on their team who were definitely big stars, but at that time the Lakers did have Kobe, Shaq, Karl Malone, Gary Payne, and Derek Fisher, so there shouldn't have been any reason for the Lakers to lose that series, but a lot of people blame it on the relationship issues between Kobe and Shaq. So for that to get into Kobe's head and not play at the level that we all know that he can play at, I think you really have to take that into consideration when giving reasons as to why LeBron and Michael Jordan are over Kobe Bryant. Some of the awards he had in his playing career, he did win MVP one time, he was a finals MVP twice and was an all-star for 18 seasons, so he did have a lot of success in his career. Uh, some of the teams that he beat were the Indiana Pacers, which had players like Reggie Miller, Chris Mullen, and Jalen Rose on that team. Another team being the 76ers, which had AI, Dikembe Mutombo, and Tony Kukoc. And another team being the Orlando Magic, uh, which had J.J. Redick, a prime Dwight Howard, Hito Turkoglu, and Marcin Gortat. He definitely did take down some big guys in the NBA Finals, but I definitely feel he didn't go up against as much competition as LeBron and Michael Jordan did. So those are just some of the reasons that I have Kobe coming in at third. And finally, we've come down to the top two. I know it's going to hurt some people whichever way I go, but this is strictly my opinion and who I believe is the greatest of all time. Coming in at number two, I have LeBron James. Don't stop the episode yet. Let me give you my reasoning. LeBron James has a playoff record of 3-13. and 13. That means out of the 13 times that LeBron James made the playoffs, he's only won three NBA Finals. And in the NBA Finals, he is 3 of 8, which means out of the 8 times that he made it to the NBA Finals, he only won 3. I can already hear people throwing their phones. Yes, I said it was about the stats. And yes, LeBron James does have a worse playoff and finals record when it's between him and Kobe. But the reason I gave LeBron James the edge is because in the playoffs, LeBron was averaging 28.9 points a game, 7.1 assists, and 8.9 rebounds, which are definitely better than Kobe Bryant's stats. Also, his stats in the NBA Finals were better than Kobe Bryant's. In the finals alone, LeBron averaged 28.2 points a game, 7.7 assists, and 10 rebounds, making him average a double-double during the finals. Even if I wanted to give LeBron James the edge over Michael Jordan, I couldn't. The stats speak for themselves. You can't be the greatest of all time when you've been to eight finals and only won three of them, especially because of their big loss in the 2011 finals against the Mavericks. In this 2011 finals, LeBron James was part of the Miami Heat, which had Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and Ray Allen but they ended up losing to the Dallas Mavericks, who had an aging Dirk Nowitzki, an aging Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler, Sean Marion, and J.J. Barea. And I know that some of you don't even know who J.J. Barea is. So I think that losing that finals against the Mavericks really hurt LeBron James in a way that he didn't even think could happen. Even though I do have him at number two, I'm going to give him credit where credit is due. He is a four-time league MVP, one rookie of the year coming out of high school. He's a three-time finals MVP and has been in the All-Star game 16 times. Some of the reasons that I did give the edge to LeBron over Kobe are because of some of the talent that he defeated in the finals that he did win. One of them being OKC that had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, which were one of the best trios ever assembled, even though they all weren't at the top of their games yet. Another team that LeBron James defeated was the San Antonio Spurs, which consisted of Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, Tony Parker, and Kawhi Leonard. This was a tough team to beat, especially because of the great coaching by Greg Popovich and a team with such amazing chemistry and the final team that he beat was the Golden State Warriors. A Warriors team that consisted of Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green, who were coming off a 73-9 season, and also having a 3-1 lead over LeBron James and the Cavaliers before blowing it. So there's no doubt in my mind that LeBron James should be in the GOAT conversation, but those are just some of the reasons I have him coming behind Michael Jordan. So yes, coming in at number one, in my eyes, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. So to give you my reasoning behind Michael Jordan being the greatest of all time, 
I'm going to give you some stats and uh, how he performed in the playoffs and in the finals. So first off, Michael Jordan's playoff record was 6 of 13. It was kind of similar to LeBron James, but the next stat is definitely why I give Michael Jordan the edge. His finals record was 6 for 6. That means that every time Michael Jordan made it to the finals, he was winning the championship. I know a lot of people want to bring up that without Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan was 1 in 9 in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think anyone will be better than Michael Jordan until somebody beats his 6 for 6 record. Some of his stats in the playoffs are 33.4 points per game, 5.7 assists, and 6.4 rebounds. And his stats in the finals were 33.6 points per game, 6 assists, and 6 rebounds. Another thing that I believe about Michael Jordan is that if he had access to all the technology and all the resources that we have today, he would have been able to play for a lot longer and continue to play at an elite level regardless of his age. I also want to list some awards that I think prove that Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. He's a five-time league MVP, one rookie of the year, he was a six-time finals MVP, he was picked to play in the All-Star game 14 times, and even has a defensive player of the year under his belt. Another argument I hear when people are saying LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan is when people say Michael Jordan didn't play against as much competition as LeBron James did. So I just want to list some of the teams that Michael Jordan beat in the NBA Finals. In 1991, he beat a Lakers team filled with Magic Johnson, Vladi Divac, and James Worthy. In 1992, he beat a Trailblazers team that consisted of Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, Jerome Kersey, and Kevin Duckworth. In 1993, he beat the Phoenix Suns that had Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson. In 1996, he beat a Seattle Supersonics team that had defensive star Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, and Hershey Hawkins. And in back-to-back -back years, he beat the Utah Jazz that had dynamic duo Carl Malone and John Stockton. So with all that being said, those are my reasonings for having Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. And that concludes the second episode of the Hoop View Podcast. Once again, thank you everyone that's taking time out of their quarantine days to listen to me. I appreciate all the support that I've been getting. I'll be uploading my episodes every Sunday on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. So make sure to watch out for that. Also, if you want to make sure that you're getting all the updates about the podcast, uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at HoopViewPodcast. And when you follow these accounts, turn on the post notifications so you're getting notified every time that I post something on those social media platforms. Also, continue to give me ideas for future episodes and give me feedback, whether it's good, bad, ugly. You know, I just want to hear on things that I can improve on. And lastly, I just want to take the time again to thank everyone who has been listening. All I ask is for y'all to continue to listen, download, subscribe, and support me on this new journey that I'm taking. I was very nervous when I put on my first episode, but I couldn't be more grateful for how many people that I had supporting me. So for any of my listeners that are possibly on the edge of trying something new, I want to leave you with a quote that really gave me motivation in taking that first step to start my own podcast. And that quote is, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take by none other than the goat himself, Michael Jordan. Until next time. The next thing, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you that some of you already know that it's hard. It's not easy.